Radio Sessions Over Tea. A podcast like no other. With your hosts, Grand Gus and Agent Gibb. Radio Sessions Over Tea. You're listening to Radio Sessions Over Tea with Agent Gibb. And Grant Gus. Once again, we are at my place. I think we should do more podcasts here more often. Yeah, exactly. Just being around the atmosphere, it's really beautiful. We're just sitting on lawn chairs overlooking the acreage. We were hoping to see some wallabies, but at the moment they're probably in the forest right now grazing or shitting or whatever it is they do <laughs> on, a, on a daily basis. It's uh, cloudy at the moment, it's around 23 degrees, but it's also a bit windy as well, so it's kind of tempering that. But I must admit, it's not too over-humidy, like it's quite a cool, nice breeze happening as well, which is a plus. And it's also the perfect environment for a little catch-up too. Speaking of the catch-up, I believe we've spoken here and there over the last episode a little bit, but what have you been up to, Agent Gibb? Well, as I mentioned in previous episode, I've just been trying to figure out what I want to do. At the moment, I'm inclined more towards writing. Oh, fantastic. You've been saying for quite some time you've been wanting to get into that, so it's good to see. You know, doing some journaling and also doing the haiku that I did last episode. I think that's good practice. And I can't wait to bring up my haiku for the end of the episode later on, which is cool. Yes, so stay tuned for that. What else? Besides that and also doing my delivery driving job and reading books, I've just been keeping a low profile, as usual. And that's the best way to be too, you know, you're sort of away from the world. I mean, look at where you live. You're able to walk around, think on things and see what you basically want to do. And it's in the country, which I prefer a lot more than the city. Hey, you've got nice bird sounds. That's quite relaxing. As I've mentioned previously. Yeah. <laughs> so, Green Gus, how about you? Since the last episode, I've continued going to the gym and I will say right now a little gym update. I'm now at 102 kilos. That's good. I think you mentioned your goal was to get to 100. Yeah, so I'm a little bit off from that, aren't I? Mm. So I am hoping to see where that's going to go after my weight goal, if I'm hoping to lose a bit more. But I'm probably hoping to be happy with 90 to 100, maybe just 95, because I don't want to be too, like, overly skinny. Apart from the gym, which has been fantastic, I've... Oh, what else have I been doing? Well, I've actually had COVID symptoms, so I was sick for four days. Mm which wasn't the bestest thing, but thanks for those two jabs that I had, I was able to, again, four days... Overcome uh, the worst of it, yeah. Yeah, definitely get yourself double jabbed and booster, which I know I haven't had yet, but I'm hoping soon to get that booster shot. Make sure to take that as an extra precaution. Because you, you've had it, haven't you, Agent Gib? The booster? Yeah. Yes, I did. Oh, you have? Oh, wow. How was that? My arm was bruised for probably... A few hours but I, th- I think because I was used to the previous two jabs I was able to overcome the worst of it oh nice well that's good yeah apart from that I went to the city for a few days which was quite nice to go and explore a, a section part of the I think the west part of Sydney and yeah it was quite good to get away from the coast to come back and get into back to the gym again because I haven't been in 13 days so I had to really catch up on that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah not so much gaming lately either, because the last episode did a bit of gaming, but no, it's been pretty quiet on that side. I have been playing Trivia Pursuit, though, and that's a really fun game. I think you'll like it, Agent Gib. 
Um, what, what, what kind? Trivial Pursuit. So it's on the PS5, or it was on the PS4, but they put it on their store. And basically, you just got to answer trivial questions. And there's six categories. From each category, you get to select. Oh, well, they, uh, it will com- computerize the selection of categories, and you just got to answer to those questions, which is pretty cool. Mm. So that's been basically my little catch up. <laughs> and now we can move on to our favorite segment of all. T-Fest. I will be starting off today's T-Fest and I am reacting to a Red Seal Raspberry and Strawberry Hot and Cold Tea. But I'm actually going to be reacting to the cold version. The company as I have not reacted to Red Seal a much, I think the last Red Seal tea reaction was back in episode 12. So this is the company back history. Red Seal has been around for nearly a hundred years, but actually started in 1923. And it originates from New Zealand. Oh, wow. I was quite surprised. Good to see New Zealand's got their own little tea, this part of the world. Yeah, I really wish I tried more teas when I was over there. Oh, wow. Well, when you definitely go down there, you have to bring some back and try it for these podcast series of ours. If I ever go back a third time, I'll make sure that's on my checklist. So, basically, Red Seal is a company that supports everyday health and wellness. William T. Anderton was crafting his herbal remedies for people of Auckland. He became quite popular that his products went in other general stores throughout New Zealand, and he created the Red Seal company before you today. In 2020, Red Seal launched in Australia with its campaign, Incredible Inside, as well as make vitamins, oral care, and other varieties of teas, brews, and blends. Fantastic. Lastly, on their website, the Red Seal website, there's a quote from William that says, The human body strives involuntarily to create ill health. Involuntarily, huh? It's quite interesting for their website to bring that up because they had a lot of information, the back history and all that. So definitely everyone who's listening have to go and check that out. Yeah, definitely. About the packaging, what I'm looking at now is a rectangle box with raspberry and strawberry images on the front of the packaging. It says that it's zero sugar, zero calories and gluten free, as well as shows that it's a sticker that is New Zealand 100% owned company. Also it mentions how to brew correctly with this tea. For the cold version which I'm reacting to, you can brew it up to three to five minutes with tap or cold water. For the hot brewing version of the tea, you boil water and the satchel to be left in the cup for three to five minutes or in the kettle. It says it's also manufactured from New Zealand but blended in Germany and packed in Poland from important ingredients. Yes, oh, so it's all over the place. Yeah, a little bit for a New Zealand tea. It looks like they've had to strive out to go to other countries. I gotta say though, I like the artwork on the box as well. It has raspberries on it but it has strawberry leaves on top of it. It's always nice when they actually get someone to actually use an artworky pastel sort of vibe to it. Yeah, how they combine these certain aspects to convey the message. I'm looking forward to actually tasting it later on because mm. with those strong, vibrant red colours, I'm very excited. 
Red Seal teas are unique fruit teas allow you to make a deliciously fruity tea using either hot or cold. So that little section there tells me it's going to have a very strong flavour once I try it. Yeah. The health benefits are really good. It contains caffeine-free, which is in most teas anyways, genetically modified organisms, artificial sweeteners, treated diarrhea, ease of inflammatory, skin disorders, and joint pain. Hmm. The review about this product says that it's relax and enjoy a taste of summer with this raspberry and strawberry fruit team. A fabulous berry combination with real fruit flavour that can be a healthy drink on a hot or cold day. I like that. The ingredients are hibiscus, apple, rosehip, orange peel, natural flavourings, natural sweetener, stevial glycosis, raspberry pieces and strawberry pieces. I wonder how they extract the flavours from the peels. Well, that's a very interesting way of thinking, isn't it? Because they have to get it somehow and peel and get them into the, yeah, the they have, they have little to get, get the extracts from, from the actual fruit themselves. I find that really fascinating, the process. Now, for those who don't know what stevial glycosides, which I hope I pronounced it correctly, it's a chemical compound responsible for the sweet taste of the leaves of the South American plant, Stevia ribadianum and the main ingredients of many sweeteners and marketed under the generic name Stevelia. Now again, that was a bit of a tough tongue twister word, Stevelia Rebudiana. So hopefully I pronounced that for everyone <laughs> listening. But yeah, it's very nice. I'm looking forward to intrigued with these strong flavours that they've got in the ingredients. And I like what the health benefits say about it too. Before I sip it, the smell of it, definitely I could smell a hint of raspberry and strawberry. Mm. Oh, Agent Gibb, wow, I'm getting that flavour of raspberry and strawberry. Oh, really? Yes, like, I just got a pow when I sipped it, and the aftertaste was so amazing. Oh my goodness. Now, no surprises here, the colour that I'm seeing has a very nice red, a little bit of actual orange. Mm. I find it, but mostly it's a very dominating red colour, which I must say, it's actually representation of the flavour very well. I, I do find it strange because when I tried it, there was a mixture of strawberry and water instead of raspberry and strawberry. Did you get from the smell when you opened the satchel bag the hint of raspberry? Because I think I definitely yeah, got I, that strong I, flavour I too. Did, I did smell raspberry in the bag, but... When the flavours were extracted and I smelled it again, it, it changed. It, it, it was actually strawberry instead. Yeah. I like how interesting how the mixture of, even though the two solid ingredients are the on the packaging and of the name of the tea, it's so great that they were able to make those flavours burst out, like you're actually having it and eating it. Could, could you taste water in it as well? I could taste the, the water with it as well, I reckon. It was very flavourable, I must say. I'm actually really happy with the results with this tea. I think it depends on how you handle it. When you shake it, which I did, I could. it was a mixture of strawberry and water, but you know, when you swirl it, you get more of the flavours. I think you find with swirling too, I think it definitely brings out very vibrant, because I like to use that word yes. vibrant because it has that very textural taste to it. Mm. 
that's also another thing. Make sure to definitely swirl if you're doing cold brews in your teas, if you're using a infusiator type of bottle, mm. because you'll definitely get the best flavors. And mine's got a little filter thing, which you put the tea bag in, and when you shake it after the minutes of the brewing time, yeah. you definitely get those flavors. Mm. So overall, I'm pretty happy with that tea, and now I'm actually looking forward to seeing what Agent Gibbs got for us in today's episode. So take it away. I've decided to do a different tea company because, as you know, mostly I've done you know T2 products and twinings. At the moment, I've chosen a new tea company called Dilmar. Fascinating. So, a few facts about Dilmar. It was founded in 1988 by a doctor named Meryl Joseph Fernando. Tea originated from Sri Lanka. So the name was invented by combining the names of his two sons, who were named uh, Dylan and Malik. He moved to Colombo in his youth, where he became one of the first Sri Lankan tea tasters to be selected to learn about tea in Mincing Lane, London. And you know, during that time, prevailing colonial system didn't believe that Sri Lankans were capable of assessing tea. You know, since they ate too much curry, they feared it would affect their assessment of taste tests. Fernando was actually one of five people who were selected and trained. During the 80s, he convinced Australian supermarket retailers to stock his brand of Dilma in 1985, mainly Coles and Woolworths, and by 1988, the brand was spread across 35 supermarkets in Victoria. Eventually, the brand was sold internationally from New Zealand to Europe and North America, and by 2009, it was considered the sixth largest tea brand in the world. Wow. And apparently, I checked the business statistics on Wikipedia, and apparently their revenue is around $12 billion. Oh my goodness. So, he's done really well for himself. Hats off for someone who created such a very globalizing tea that now everyone's, like, trying now. So, he's a very wealthy man, and he actually just retired recently a a few years ago. Oh, did he? Yeah, so his son Dilmar's now has now inherited the company, and you know Fernando's in his nineties now, so I think he deserves it. Absolutely, and he's created by the looks of it so much tea, which is pretty cool that he's able to do that. Indeed. Hmm. So, in terms of packaging, what I'm looking at is a square metal container. It has the name of the tea displayed on one side. It also mentions that it has 100 grams inside. It also mentions that it was packed in Sri Lanka and it has labelled instructions on how to brew the tea correctly. You know, water should be at 100 degrees. You need about at least three teaspoons. Uh, it's also ground tea, so no satchels. Insert it into the drainage cylinder and then just brew it for about three to five minutes. My health benefits include the reduction of anxiety and stress. It encourages uh, sleep. It has a mild laxative effect that improves digestion. It's high in antioxidants that prevent degenerative diseases like cancer and also reduces inflammation. The slogan on the packaging says, Inspiringly aromatic with a medium-bodied floral note, the flavour of rose with a hint of French vanilla combines with Ceylon tea in a perfect embrace. Elegant and sophisticated, a perfect afternoon or after-dinner tea with a touch of romance. Right, so ladies and gentlemen, if you're ever on a date, make sure to keep this tea in mind. Yes! (laughs) And the ingredients just include pure Ceylon black tea, French vanilla, and rose flavours. Oh, that first one you just said. I wonder what that one means and what that would taste like. Yeah, Ceylon. It's a sort of Indian tea. 
Oh, wow, okay. So, there's not, not much ingredients, but, you know, hopefully it tastes as good as it looks. I'm looking at it right now, and it definitely looks sort of like a black tea, but it also has cinnamon and honey undertones. I found when I looked at it with a teaspoon, that it had a, what I felt like a hint of pink in it, maybe a little mm. bit. Must be the rose extract. Yeah, it's nice to see that little bit of colour coming through. Smelling it now, I can definitely feel the combination. Okay. It's definitely rose and vanilla combined. When I drank it earlier, I definitely felt like you could taste, in my opinion, more the rose and a little bit of hint of the vanilla. Mm. So when you drink it, I'll be um, interesting to see what more flavours you get from the ingredients. I think, I think my scent is different. I think I'm getting both this oh, time. Oh, fantastic. All right, time for the taste test. I think the black tea is more prominent, but, but the extracts definitely accentuate it. Okay. Accentuate, that's even a word. Anyway. It's a fancy word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but I can definitely feel the extracts and the aftertaste. It also has an up and down texture. You know, one moment it's light and then another moment it's dark. I think I definitely noticed that too, with it, like it's bringing one ingredient, but then the other one other ingredients sort of trying to mix in together to get those flavours. Mm. It's a really strong scent though, I can see why it's more suitable for after dinner or lunch. Because that way it blends off the meals that you've had, I'm guessing. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Well, it's a good tea to wash down all the food you eat though. I would say so. Mm. It's very nice. Now we're time to review it now. Who wants to go first? Would you like to go first? So, drinking of the tea, I found the burst of flavour really came into play with this tea, and I was so happy that it was using those main ingredients to give that power flavour, which I got. I would have liked if the packaging, I mean, I know mostly looking at it, it's all white, but it's got the main fruit that are in the actual tea into it. I think I do like the how much of information it gives on the boxes too. Overall, I think I'm going to give this a pretty high rating just because the way it is. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. And as for me, I think this tea is a very sophisticated type of tea. It has the perfect balance of flavours, it's a good combination, and it just really makes you feel calm. You know, you could be sitting out on the veranda, you could just be spending time with a friend, looking out, out over the horizon, drinking this, and you know, you're really in the moment with it. So I think I'll give it a 9 out of 10 as well. Wow, we had some really uh, positive, high-rating good teas. Let's cheers to that. Now that we've gotten our very sophisticated and excellent teas out of the way, I'm now going to put on my presenter voice and say, it's time for... Topics! today's episode topic, we are going to be reminiscing about primary school and high school days. Oh, I'm very glad that you mentioned that. There are plenty of stories that I could come up with. Oh, we have a very interesting yet hilarious memories and we're so excited to share with you all from what we can remember to the top of our head of what all those years and all the fun times together. So we'll give a little quick backstory. I've met 
aging kid in primary school, I believe in year one. Yes, it was in the uh, Cola area. I think I remember you were seeing with a with a few boys um, at the top of the stairs, and then I saw you, and then eventually I had this weird impulse to come over and talk to you. And it's so great because guess what? We've been friends officially this year, twenty years, and it's so incredible to like look back and though wow that's how we first met was just by going in a cola from school i know and by the way not coca-cola because yes it was called a cola i'm not sure why the name but <laughs> there, you go. there we go <laughs> we met in a cola but we didn't drink cola <laughs> uh, i think one of the main things i remember about primary and high school is that we were very avid explorers oh we were weren't we i remember <laughs> we were a bit naughty, so when we would go to lunch times, we would go and escape. Probably more probably high school more than anything, we would go out. Yeah, we were always out of bounds. <laughs> always, during recess and lunch breaks, we kept going across either across the school borders or outside of them, and we had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, and I remember it rained a few times, so we had to literally go around and be underneath <laughs> somewhere so we wouldn't get wet. And then we got soaked in our uniforms. But I think the exploring, even in primary school, we did explore a little bit, didn't we? Where we'd, we'd go and be around nature and the trees and walking along paths. It was quite... Yeah, I especially remember um, the primary school we went to, which was uh, Wombrell Public School, it was on a slope. And at the very top of it, there was this huge forest on the side of the football field. Oh, yes, yes. There was this huge forest. It was, I think it was around three acres yeah, it was about that, wasn't it? Because I remember there was this path and I remember the school kids used to waiting for the bus along this end bit that was near the side road. Yeah, there was a walkway. It was travelling across. So yeah, we I think a bit further past that, you, there's definitely a lot of... Well, back then there was a lot of trees yeah. and bush and stuff that yeah. we could go and explore. Yeah, and despite the spider webs and mosquitoes <laughs> that we encountered while we were there, we never stopped visiting. No, we, our adventures were always just ready to go out. And I think it was really great to do that as kids. So adventurous and journey-taking. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we always fought, we, you fought each other with sticks, pretending they were swords. We'd crawl into hollows just to see what more we could explore of it. I think and it was great. Yeah, there, there was many trails and pathways along it as well. I think that's so great too. I'm able to see that section, see what it like, how it looked and stuff. So, I think we definitely did a lot, quite a lot of adventuring through that bit. And God, it's been a long time since I've seen the back of public school. And I think it's Womble Public School was a pretty good school. Like, well, again, we we've been friends for that long, so it's nice to be able to kept the connection going there. What do I remember from primary school? So, oh my God. I remember in year six, me and Agent Gibb, we used to do this dance thing and everyone was so like intrigued of us doing this. Like, do you remember that? Uh, Grand Gus more so than me though. Yeah. <laughs> but I do remember we were going to perform on stage and I started getting stage frights. So I had to quickly run off the stage and you were still doing the performance and everyone was cheering and all that. And I was crying in the bathroom. I remember someone coming in and asking, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was in tears. My anxiety just went through the roof back then. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> we were a little bit popular in six a little bit with all this. A little bit. Yeah. I don't even remember some of the dance moves back then. 
There was one particular area at the back of the classroom that we always hung out around. It was a small area, but it had a tree that had a huge canopy, and we just and we just go inside it. We find logs to act as you know stools or chairs. Oh yeah, and they had like a little storage room that we went into, and we would like they had a lot of containers and boxes and yeah. all that stuff. Oh my god, as kids we were. Actually, I got a little memory from, you know, the show The Biggest Loser? Yeah. And remember how, oh my god, what was it? You had to keep announcing the winner, because there was this guy that I didn't like in one of the seasons, and I would get so angry that, and you'd be like, and the winner is, da-da-da, and I would get so angry, and I would do these slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. You but, really but, didn't like that guy, whoever he was. No, no, I didn't. I don't know, because I think I didn't like him on the show or something, but I remember that. Um, oh, do you remember? Okay, so we got these badges, and it was called Environmental Officer, and it wasn't really known back then through Womber or that. I think they only just invented it with only us. Um, Except we were just hanging out more in the environment than we were actually protecting it. You're probably wondering, what is an Environmental Officer? Well, actually, I don't even know. <laughs> Apparently, it's people who are meant to look after the environment, you know. Get, you reckon? Get rubbish, you know, get rubbish away from... From the areas and make sure people don't litter and all the rest of it. But I think we were doing the best by just being around the environment, not actually being the we officers. Doing, we weren't actually doing the job. We were just hanging around it. Actually, I will tell a little fact. In my year six school photo, I'm actually wearing the, the, badge, the badge in yeah. it. But unfortunately, I actually don't have that badge anymore. It would have been cool to have a little rememberabilia thing, but I think I'd throw it out. Yeah. If I remember. So I don't have that anymore. Probably. <laughs> oh my god. I don't really remember much like kindergarten straight to. I know that we were in a few classes together. There were a few. Actually, there was one teacher that I remembered. She was really nice. We had this teacher. Well, I had this teacher named Mrs. Noakes, and she was amazing. Yes, definitely. So yeah, she was a teacher that I had through school. And uh, funny enough, Agent Gibbs, your mum's been a teacher at the school as well, even as back as when we were going yeah she and she's still doing it now it's so cool like she's probably seen the school change a lot over those years yes it, it has definitely changed i've actually passed it several times when i have to go to to do my delivery job and yeah there's been a lot of re renovations going on and speaking of that i think we even took a trip not long ago to see what it looks like because i haven't seen the school since 2007 so it's been a very very long time ago i think it just looks so different at this point that i wonder if anything actually hasn't changed well yeah doesn't it because when i looked i noticed that the front was all completely different the demountables because mm. we used to call them demountables i don't know if they're still called a demountable um but that was all different. Everything was just modernised and I remastered. I was really shocked. Well, that's what comes in progress. Change. And looking back at it, I guess change happens and time just goes by. But it was actually quite nice to look back and go, wow, I went to that school for the whole duration of like kindergarten year six. Yeah. So after Womble Public School, we then went to our separate schools. He went to Tumby and I went to St. Peter's at Tugra. Yeah, and basically I was only at Tumbiumbi High School, so this was completely different to Agent Gear, but then eventually when I got to Year 9, I then went to St. Peter's, and I was there until like Year 11, seven weeks, so I never really completed my Year 12, but 
I did get my year 10 because I actually got to choose between traveling around Australia at 17 or continue to do my year 12. I was honest, I was actually beginning to get over school, but then I got to choose traveling. So, you know, I did what I could do. I love visual arts at St. Peter's. That was one of my favorite, but I'll, I'll probably get into more about Tumbiumbi and then into St. Peter's in a little moment. So what about you? You basically, after Wombrel, just stayed at St. Peter's, didn't you? Yeah, the, the whole time. I ended up completing Year 12. Yeah. So, basically, for myself at Tumbiumbi High School, I only was there for two years. That just went really by so quick. I don't have really a lot of memories from there, but I still got quite a bit of, because I loved art, I still have quite a lot of the art sketch stuff. Mm-hmm. In like a, in a fold arm. Mostly our, our friendship kept going, which it was really good at least having St. Peter's. I was able to have you aging Gib to at least that I wasn't there by myself starting yeah. out in a new school. Because I had a pretty mixed education. I went from public to private. <laughs> but yeah, what are your... I know I've got a few stories, but I want to hear from you aging Gib memories... I guess from us or relating from St. Peter's that you wanted to share well, at all? Well, I never lost my taste for adventure. You know, I, before uh, Grand Gus came, I was usually by myself. You know, I'd like to... I continued going out of bounds, which... <laughs> <laughs> looking, looking back on it now, must have given the teachers some trouble. You were an absolute rebel maker there, Agent Kip. <laughs> yeah, I think I usually I remember, you know, just doing my best to fit in try and get by at the school yeah well speaking of that i actually forgot to mention as well i actually got badly bullied hence that's why i moved schools so yeah it wasn't working out very well that's why also i moved to st peter's so it actually turned out for the better so at least i got to bonus to see you again and we were able to go to i think we were in quite a few classes together i think yes yeah because Behind the scenes, interesting fact, I was actually in a mainstream class for a little bit, but then I went to like a special low class. Yeah. Because I have Asperger's, it was really hard for me to process a lot, and that's why the change there. I think I was in those classes with you as well. Yeah. Because I I have autism too, but I wasn't diagnosed at the time, but the teachers sort of figured, "Mm, you know, maybe, maybe he might have it, so yeah, I ended up joining you and... We ended up having most of our classes together during that time. Oh, uh, well, I will say this with um, school. My, I think my least, least favourite subject was definitely maths. I mean, I will say this in primary school. I used to know my, know my times tables so really well. Mm. Really, really well. But I, my favourite was definitely visual arts, hands down, best subject. Yeah. What about you? What were your favourite subjects and least Food technology. Oh, why didn't I think to even add that too? Yeah, we, we enjoy cooking. Oh, I love it. And you know what? I have still got all of the recipes from you 7 to 10 in a folder today. <laughs> I'm like a little archive <laughs> history person. <laughs> maybe, maybe you should be a bookkeeper. Yeah. Well, I've got a lot of old ancestral stuff too, yeah, so... You're, yeah, you're good storing information. Yep. I, it's all here as yeah. well. I'm like a little... <laughs> Little uh, computer device hard drivers, we'll call it. <laughs> yeah, should, should call you. Should give you a USB nickname. The only thing I don't have, which I regret doing, where you got this Year Six disc, but I fortunately I threw it away because I, I was like, oh, I don't want this. 
but hopefully one day to try and see if I can talk to you from a previous student that went to the school to try and get that back and I have been in search of that as well as actually trying to find some long lost students that I haven't spoken to in years but AJ Gibb would you like to add any other like St. Peter's stories or any uh, Cobbs Hill Cobbs Hill so about Cobbs Hill it's at the very top of a hill because St. Peter's was also on the slope just as much as Womborough was just next door to it wasn't yeah. it I think I remember one time during lunch break uh, we snuck out through, through the fence oh yes that's we right we ran all the way up the hill to Cobbs Hill and we spent the rest of the 50 minute lunch break over there Oh my gosh, I yeah. And you know what, it was quite fun to explore. As we mentioned at the beginning of the topic segment, we really enjoyed getting to explore and seeing all the, the views around. And I think it was good to break away from school because I remember also we, we hanged in a section bit at St. Peter's. It was like a little stage area. Ah, yeah. I remember we used Just Dance and we, we, we had fun using that, making these funny dance moves. Ah, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember you used our big... I used to call them the Mounters Hikers Bag because there were such big bags. Doing a private school, you usually get these big mm. bags. <laughs> <laughs> said bag three times there, but we had to have a lot of books and all that. Yeah, those bags were heavy. And you're going to laugh at this. I've still got that bag, but it's mostly used for um, like video, YouTubing videos and stuff yeah. now. It's still a good pretty bag to this day, but oh my God, the books in it. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I think you spent year 9 and 10 at St. Peter's and then about... A little bit. the first quarter of year 11, that's when you travelled around Australia? Well, yeah. As I mentioned, it was an option to, to pick between staying or, like, leaving. Mm. But I only did seven weeks for year 11. I always wondered, looking back, like, what happened if I finished, how the situation of my education would have been... But, you know, after the trip, I was able to still get by doing a bit of things here and there. Yeah. And I mostly now these days, just when I have the time, is to make YouTube videos and doing podcasting with you as well. Hmm. So those have been sort of after, like, school where I've been mostly at. How have you been sort of after school? You've been sort of been doing a bit of things here and there over the years, haven't you, Agent Gibb? Yeah, I, I did, did a diploma for a few years did a job program for one year and then just worked at one job for the next four years it's a bit like that isn't it after school you're trying to figure out yourself and even like in your late 20s or early 20s or whatever age or still figuring it out try you, you just try to figure out what you want and you best to go strive for those goals yeah don't ever let anything stop you like if you want to do something you go for your life and do it couldn't have said it better myself besides anything else i'm trying to think if there's any other memories i know we did a few camps, didn't we? I know... We did, yes. I don't know if Womble Public School, we did any camps. I know we went to Canberra. I did, I think, a few camps at Tumbiumbi, and then St. Peter's, we went to Wee Jasper. Yes. I think, I remember we only, we usually only did cave exploration abseiling while we were over there. Half a week, just bomb. That, those were the main activities, yes. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I do remember it was cold because I think we went in the winter time. Yeah, very. I think, I think, I think we just was somewhere near Canberra. I think so. Well, we we actually had to stop at this place called Punch Bowl that I remember. Yes. So we still have photos of being there. Yeah, I know. On my side, I've still got photos of me near the gazebo. There was a it was a nice garden actually. I remember. 
I'm walking around and everyone got to walk around and sort of stretch their legs and stuff and I have a photo of me actually holding a Grand Angus burger coming back from that trip and I yeah. still have that photo today. <laughs> Do you have any photos from that week just for care? They're, they're all on Facebook. I haven't even bothered to have a look at it. Oh, fair enough too. Because I thought I had photos from it, but I, I don't really have any from the Wee Jasper mm. trip. Any other camps that you did in school? Uh, there was Point Wollstonecroft. That was the one I went to in Year 7. I can't remember which one I went to in Year 8. I've forgotten the name, but yeah, we usually went to one camp a year. Ah, uh, yeah. I think um, at Tumbiumbi I did a camp. I don't know if it was... I think we did a camp in two, the two, seven and, seven and eight, sorry. Yeah. I think year nine or year ten is when we did... We, I can't remember what year we did that. And then it was... Yeah, I think We Jasper could have been my last I camp. I think it was in 2010. That sounds right, doesn't yeah. it? Did you do any camping after year ten? No, I think year nine was the last one. Okay, so year 11 and 12, there was no camps no. for you. Okay. I think there was a retreat in year 12, but that was year 11 or year 12. But I think that was pretty much it. You never went to that retreat? Yeah, no, I did go there, but it, oh, was, okay. it was only for one day. Oh, okay. So, oh, that's nice. Yeah. You know what? There's a little interesting fact that we were actually almost going to go to Cambodia. Do you remember that? Almost. Almost. But last minute we sort of decided that to not go. I can't yeah. remember why we decided not to go, but I know we were almost going to go. And I think that would have been, if we chose to see Cambodia, I think it would have been a very cultural different experience. Mm. And it's overseas, and who doesn't want to go overseas? Exactly. Unfortunately now due to <sighs> disease. Restrictions. But we heard that it's starting to slowly break free, which is fantastic. And a good thing too, I think people have just had enough at this point. Well, I know. Well, I mean, coming from having COVID and recovering from it, I'm so pleased to be out of it. And I am destined to hopefully get back overseas at some point one day. Yeah. I would like to, if we have any more other stories that we remember at all, Agent Gib. That's all I can actually name off the top of my head, really. I think we've named quite a bit. Some nice little stories here and there about primary and high school. Yeah, but it's nice, it's nice to actually catch up and just reminisce about it. I know, it's. I feel like it's been such a long time. And apart from, like, sections and all that, we, we I do remember we had most good classes as well with the teachers. Yeah, and there are moments that you can always look back on and remember with fondness. And... Including excursions. We even went to, um, like, sport carnivals. That's also other things that we yeah. got to enjoy doing. I would like to bring up a question that I think would be a great thing. As I mentioned earlier, we've been friends for 20 years officially this year. I would like to end off what's a key to a great, everlasting, long friendship with somebody, Agent Gibb? Me, personally, it's several things. You know, communication, that's especially important. You know, you need to tell your friend your needs and, you know, how you can ask them to help fulfil them. So communication, trust is especially important. You know, you need to be comfortable with the person that you're with. Chemistry as well. You know, if you find something that you're interested in, you know, you both need to share it. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, communication, trust, chemistry, commonalities. What else? That's all I can name, really. I think those are very good general good points there, I reckon, and best explained too. Mm. What about you? 
I think the best thing to key to have a la lasting good friendship is exactly what you said, communication. Even though I know some days if you're working or busyness, life can... But I think when you have those conversations with a lifelong either childhood friend or yeah. you've just met someone or been friends for a decade, five, 50, 30 years, mm. I think you really see the individual grow up. Like with you, AG Gibb, yeah. I've definitely seen you, your confidence levels have completely changed. You were so shy and here you are going, well, you did a Katiki tour in New Zealand. You've done all acting. By my, all by myself, I might add. And you, you probably didn't think you could ever have able to do that I, I know i was shivering in my boots the first time i got on that plane and i would like to add i've met ag cube since the age of uh seven years old so it's incredible to see your life change around because i'm best exampling because we've been friends for 20 years another thing also is definitely well we do quite a lot of different traveling trips like even with youtubing a little bit and it's great to always seeing your friends achieve their goals as well i reckon yeah, and you're with them throughout their life journey. You, you know, you're, you're watching them find themselves. You know, seeing them going through changes. You know, it's really rare to, you know, be with someone and know all the ins and outs. It's fantastic to have that sort of chemistry friendship there, where you're able to at least rely on that friend when, you, even when you're going through something so horrific or horrendous or losting of a, yeah, somebody, that you're at least you'll be able to turn to your friends and you're able to chat with them and they make your day a lot. Like before this podcast, Ajiki was actually saying something really hilarious and I was cracking up because I was definitely much needing it. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> uh, I wish I could remember what it was, but... <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah, anyway, we'll find more hilarious anecdotes in the future. <laughs> so yeah, I think we can leave it off there. Those are some of our best advice tips for keeping a lasting long friendship which is fantastic and i'm definitely looking forward to seeing where agent gib goes in his future likewise with you green us and yeah i'm looking forward to even if there's any other friendships that come along my way we'll see what happens we'll see what happens <laughs> so that's all the time we have for today so as usual thank you all so much for tuning in and listening before we finish off this episode we just want to give another shout out to daniel turner who as usual is more than willing to provide us with his music for our episode so make sure to check him out in the url links that we've provided below and make sure to just give him your full support i think he would very much appreciate it we're now going to leave you now with a haiku that green gus has come up with now agent gibbs last haiku was absolutely brilliant i have got this amazing one from the internet because i was struggling to find a really good one from a poet and writer named beth murphy and this definitely represents this episode very well. And it goes, newness of the day, bursting for reinsurance, light follows the dark. You have been listening to Radio Sessions over tea. Thank you so much for watching this episode. Take care. Ciao. Radio Sessions over tea.